0: Community episode 215. I'm your host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me, as always.
1: Uh, Mega Man Connoisseur officially now. Uh, David, is anything I want
2: to ask, sir?
0: And we are fresh on, uh, the post-E3 week, I guess we would call it. Yep. to come down. Yeah. <laughs> the down after that surprise Metroid announcement. Yeah, it was weird. Having to listen to some annoying Metroid fans, but whatever.
1: Uh, have you ever heard of Metroid fans? This is how
0: they are. This is true. I had to hear lots of people being like, Oh, well, you know, Samus Returns was terrible, so I don't have much hope for this.
1: I've said it before and I will say it again. Metroid has few fans. Super Metroid has very loud fans.
0: That's true. <laughs> it's true. That's why that other remake of Metroid 2 exists. That's basically yeah. another Super Metroid.
1: Yeah, I'm like, not oh, even a bad one. I mean, by fan Sanders is very good, but... Yeah, it's fine. It's one of those things, like... I, I you know, I've started to see more people admit it to themselves. It's like, I'm not a Metroid fan, I'm a Super Metroid fan. Yeah. Like, that's healthier if you just accept that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what have we been up to? in this Calm Down mood.
0: Uh, I've been playing some Final Fantasy 7 Integrate. Oh um, yeah. Whatever the DLC is called. Or is that what the DLC is Inter- called? Episode Intermission. Inter- intermission, yes. Uh, which is beyond fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the mechanics uh... of Yuffie are really great. The actress they got to play her is, um, beyond perfect, I would say. <laughs>
1: I can't help but wonder if Yuffie, when FF7 remakes all suddenly done, will be a more popular character than she was uh, for fans of the original, for which she was most known for, oh oh, damn it, I've lost my materia and I don't, I don't know how to get
2: it back. (laughs) Uh,
0: I'm going to imagine that every single character in the Final Fantasy VII universe is going to be more popular than they were before.
2: Uh,
1: it depends upon what time you're talking about. There is a period in the early ops where the degree of popularity of almost every character is frankly, like, unimaginable. That's true, that's
0: true, but I mean...
1: <laughs> we'll never be that time, like, but...
0: Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse, everyone loves now, and they were basically... Oh man, I love them so much. Yeah, I know, me too. They were basically, <laughs> like, nothings in the original game.
1: Yeah. They had, like, the, the concept of interesting characters that didn't have time, because, I mean, of course. But yeah. oh man.
2: <sighs>
1: I'm excited to replay that, but I've got other things on. I've got other dumb projects on my plate at the moment. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, also, the uh, the new character they added, uh, Yuffie's Companion, I forget his name, is great. And just, like, some of the reactions he has to what she's doing are hilarious. Again, Square Enix, please sell me a a uh, Moogle poncho. Seriously. Uh, I posted the, a clip on Twitter of the moment where she finally tosses away the poncho, which is, again, I feel like I'm using the word too much, but it's perfect.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very carefully considered. It's definitely good, in all ways. So.
0: No, no, the, the people they have working on this know what they're doing, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to see what they do in the future. Whenever that may be, which is going to be... Probably
1: in, like, 2023, I would suspect, is the earliest one. Agony. But hey, Fort Condor minigame.
0: Yes, Fort Condor is a lot of fun. (laughs) It's like a mini MOBA, but not terrible.
1: Also, you don't have to play it, so it's superior to all other MOBAs. Oh, that too. (laughs) Uh yeah, so intergrade. Um it turns out seven remake's still really good. Uh anything else though? Uh
0: so I am doing a mini show on the RPGamer channel now. on Sunday nights. Oh,
2: interesting, it's, I hadn't heard
0: about this. It's it was a spur of the moment thing like yeah. I'll we'll do something else on the RP Gamer channel. Here's the stupid idea, and that stupid idea was I'm gonna play some Neptunia games, and I'm gonna start oh. with the original PS3 version, the original game.
1: You gonna you gonna need backup for this?
0: I'm playing solo. If you're around, uh, I mean, I'll so uh, I'll see look. what I can do. But um, yeah, the PS3 version's already out. In fact, I I yeeted it uh uh. Uh, Live on camera, (laughs) like it was that bad. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was really bad.
1: It's it's Uh, impressive that this franchise has managed to become like 15 games strong at this stage. It's well, both strong. Uh,
0: Remembering the reviews of the second game on PS3, though, it got a lot better very quickly, though. And, Take your word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people obviously fell in love with like the what they were going for in the original game, even if it was uh a train wreck. So I think once once they just spiffied up the gameplay a bit, it was it found it found what fan base it would find.
1: I, I was immediately turned away by what felt like a degree of like Sega historical revisionism, which is A lot of what Sega does with its history of the stage. But. Yeah even though this wasn't made by Sega, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, uh, who will represent this, like, the the protagonist? It will be someone based off of a piece of Sega hardware that never came out because it was a goddamn fusion of the Genesis and the 32X. They wanted to sell you for $200. Nice. At the same time, they were trying to sell you a Saturn purple. <laughs>
0: uh, I just still love the second game that has all the portable-based characters. Oh, heavens. Uh, Nepgear, and then the Nintendo one is split into two different characters. Sure, why not? Because, obviously, DS.
1: Yeah, the DS was current at the time.
0: Yeah. No, it's amusing, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Obviously, doing like an hour or two a week, uh, I can get...
1: That will be slow going through
0: anything. Yes, and it means it could last quite a while if needed, but we'll see how it goes. So yeah, that's... that's. Let's see how many
1: of them you throw out a window.
0: Yeah, that's Sunday nights around 11.30 or midnight, depending on when I get on. Eastern. Yeah, and it's going to be at most a two-hour stream. Usually it's going to most likely teeter towards an hour and a, or an hour and a half. Yes. So, you know. I should be able to do them for at least a few hours. Sure. Little bite-sized chunks. Chunk flip. There's something peculiar over there. Uh, let's, yeah. let's see. Anything else I have been playing recently? Other than... Battle Royale games. Um,
1: Which we will re- re clarify. Uh, not up. No. Although they may have RPGs in them but not art, so just FF7, Nap Nap, and uh...
0: um, oh, um, so I played it on last last stream, and I've been playing it a bit more since then, One Step from Eden. Oh yeah, yeah! It's a very interesting roguelike that, um, I'd say it's kind of like a mix of Slay the Spire and Mega Man Battle Network. Yeah, which, it looks,
1: ex- the battle system looks extremely Mega meta- Man Battle. Yeah,
0: which sounds completely insane, because it actually kind of is. Yeah. Uh, so...
1: But it does work, by all of them.
0: Right, so it kind of follows the whole Slay the Spire formula of, after each battle, you get to add a new card to your deck. Or skip, if you want. And hmm. you get other buffs as you go along and level up, and...
1: So when are you streaming Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories? <laughs>
0: Do you really want me to? Oh,
1: it's a card game.
0: It's true. Uh, The original version or the 3D remake?
1: I think the original is much more charming. I think the
0: spider is actually really good. Yeah, I don't much care for the remake. Plus it doesn't have the camera problems. Yeah. Yeah, I'll consider that at some point. Uh, But yeah, if you think Slay the Spire only replacing like... You know, turn-based card combat with fast-paced, very fast-paced Mega Man Battle Network style combat, and that's what you got, and it's really good. Uh, you start off with one character you can choose from at the start of each run, and there's a bunch you can unlock. And it's got some other interesting mechanics I've noticed as well, like when you defeat a boss at the end of like a, a map you can either kill them or not. And if you don't, um, they like help you as you continue on the run. I'm just, so it, it makes me think that there's, you know, killing them has some effect. I just don't know what it is. And it's, it's quite intriguing. Oh, Dog Party just followed my channel, sweet. Thank you for following Dog Party.
1: Welcome to the dog party.
0: Yes. Um, you said and dinosaurs and Oh, you're talking about Fortnite? Dinosaurs and aliens?
1: That sounds accurate, but yes. in any case, you were... Uh, anything else? That seems like a full play, but knowing you, that uh, doesn't mean that's all.
0: So... I've been trying to avoid that this guy is 6-demo, because... I'm scared it's going to suck. To be perfectly honest. (laughs) And i already been through that with one one game. Oh, no. But I started playing. And it doesn't suck. So far, at least. Um, Obviously the big change here is it's using some kind of 3D engine instead of lots of... spritey stuff. And, while some things don't necessarily look as good, I feel like the characters animate a lot more, which is kind of nice. Um, and the, the dub of like the main character, who's a zombie and a zombie dog, has been pretty fun so far. So... We'll see. It's... it's the only thing I don't like is... So... This guy has always been about like, or they've always advertised it as like, oh hey you can get to big numbers, levels, big, and big prizes. numbers. So in this one, you start out with all the big numbers, but what it really boils down to is oh instead of okay my attack, I'm level one my attack just did thirteen damage. It's oh I'm level one my attack just did thirteen k damage. So. Yeah, you have big numbers at the start of the game, but it's... kind of meaningless? So I don't... it's it's a design decision I don't get.
1: To me it always sort of sounded like it... like I think I remember when Gaijin talked about trying the demo at first, but it it sort of sounded like you had just made an entire game out of frosting. Like just just as like a weird metaphor, but it's like, you know, you you took like the sweet part. Like the part that like is supposed to accent the other bits. And you made it the entire thing in terms of how you tried to promote the game. Yours. Yeah. Okay.
0: Sona, do. It to me. Huh. Uh, but the good news is the the combat mechanic seems solid. Um say. I was worried because I hadn't seen it in any of the footage that they weren't going to have any of the, the, uh, the what do they call it, the geo-blocks. Uh, but those showed up a few levels in, so that's good. Um, and so we'll see how it goes. Um, the maps are obviously pretty simple early on, but I've seen signs that they could be better um so i don't know it's it's giving me a better feeling than disgaea 5 did early on that's that's all i can say for now so we'll see
1: oh yeah
2: describe
0: yeah disgaea (laughs) maybe good maybe bad i don't know we'll see hopefully good because uh uh, obviously, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that I have liked the series quite a lot and would like to continue to. Just... When when
1: it was 5, you didn't like 5.
0: Yes, 5 was twice or as one. long. Yes, I didn't like 5, and it was twice as long as all the other games. It's not you also a didn't like success. 1. <laughs> um... I don't know, I don't love one. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. But it's it's important I guess to note that I would one was really not the first one I played. I really dug into the series first with three. So it could just be a case of going backwards and not really and mm. not liking the less refined mechanics.
1: But yeah, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. That's where you're at.
0: Yeah, so next week should be interesting after those the two demos that are coming out on Friday and also being able to talk about RPG Mario Golf.
1: Yeah, what about those demos? Do we want to discuss those in any
0: fashion? Oh, uh, not yet. I mean... Oh, well, think... do we want to discuss what they're happening? Yes, so Monster Hunter Stories 2 demo is coming out on Friday, I believe... I believe they said that's basically the first few hours of the game, you can transfer your progress. Yeah. Which is what they did for the original, so. um, If you have any doubts about the game, you can fire that up. Although I guess. And then there's another demo that just got announced. Although I guess the only downside to that is if it's anything like the first Monster Stories, it can be a little slow to start, so it might not be the best way to get you right into the gameplay to see if you like it. But yes. The other demo just announced was uh, a demo for a Neo: The World I Ends with you. favorite. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well done, Switch Two. Wait, no, they didn't call it that.
0: And they also said that will be the first year out of the game and let you transfer your, process over, your progress over, right?
1: Yeah. So really, like, you know, no risk. Just, yeah. Just do it. Uh, Don't let your dreams be cream.
0: That game looks really good, so I'm certainly going to be downloading that.
1: I wish I was downloading it right now. Yeah.
0: Actually, speaking of downloading, I' to the setting up screen for a second so I can go to the shop and purchase Legend of Mana in case it goes live at midnight. Because if so, we we are going to switch over to that.
1: I'm not going to wait. All right, my copy of Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Switch. You. Awesome.
0: I'm hoping... I just
1: needed another reason to slam through that game.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping, I haven't looked up to see anything about it, that that is, hey, everything's on the cart, and not a, oh, you have to download 20 gigabytes, or something like that. Because I don't uh, think they've said it all. Know? I've heard, if anything.
1: There's nothing on the box that I can see that fix
0: that. Yeah. So probably not, but I am always worried.
1: Yeah, no, that's understandable. I think the cartridges have kind of gotten cheaper over time, perhaps. But... That's typically what cartridges do, in terms of ROM chip sizes. Mm.
0: Go.
2: Here
1: I am, downloading. doing everything I can, holding on to what I am, pretending I'm a Superman.
2: Let's
1: no not do that. Um.
0: Oh right, DMCA, or just because yeah, it's probably okay. annoying to listen to.
1: It can be both. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's also not. Um, I would, however, claim that it's a plan. um um, there. Is that everything you've been up to?
2: Everything buy uh, yeah.
0: Everything that's an RPG. Uh, yeah. Unless you want to hear about how I found there's a sax-playing emote in Fortnite, and I have put it to uh, trolley use. To an extreme de- degree.
1: No, I actually don't want to hear about okay, that. Okay, good.
0: All right, let's let's move on to anything <laughs> you've been playing. Then.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, I played a bit of Nocturne. Sweet. That's been an interesting thing to
0: re-experience.
1: Uh, How many times have you played? None. Oh, good. I haven't played. I haven't played a ton of it. There's been a few times where I almost
0: played, but like. Oh. Again, you're probably also not only playing in Ginza.
1: Oh, absolutely not. Not me yet. Um, the thing about it is that, like, I haven't wiped, but I am coming to the conclusion that I think the game's encounter design is kind of bad in a lot of places. It's like there have been there have been fights where I almost wiped, where it's like I got hit by something real bad, and like a bunch of enemies... Anim- like I got back back attack, like happens. Yeah. And, like, an enemy hit something that one of my my demons is weak to, and they got, like, a million turns. And I didn't die. And, but then I won, because, like, you know, like, luck luck was a lady that night. But the thing about it was, and, and this is why I would say the encounter design is bad rather than merely frustrating, winning those encounters isn't fun. Like you don't feel accomplished when you win that kind of encounter. At least I don't. Obviously, yeah. everyone's different and all that, but the standard disclaimer. But personally, for me, winning those encounters isn't fun. Feels,
0: I don't think it's. It feels like the game was trying to cheat, and you just managed to lucky right through it.
1: Yeah, like it, it was basically. I got unlucky when I got the bad when I got the bad rolls to start the fight, and I got lucky when I got the good rolls that kept me alive long enough to win the fight. Yeah, there was not. It was not like I pulled some grand maneuver that like reversed my fortunes. It's just like, oh, they got, they like missed a bunch, and suddenly it was my turn, and I was able to win. And like that's bad. Like that's not fun. Yeah. And like it's not frustrating when that happens because I mean, obviously I didn't wipe, but it's just one of those things. Like this, this was not interesting to do. It was just yeah. So like that's. That's the thing that I've been feeling overwhelmingly as I I play it. And, like, it's part of why when I, like, you know, I'll do a bit of grinding. It's it's SMP and there's, like, demons I want to get. And, like, just all sorts. There's all sorts of reasons to grind. Like, I want to get the skill from this Magatama I just got. And I need to level up in order to get something out of it. Like, that sort of thing. You know, whatever. That's just how it goes. Uh, And it's just, like, the actual process of doing that like you know you run into these kinds of bad fights and they're not i I don't know you're just it's just like oh this this is the kind of random people don't like and it's another way i would look at it is that you know big proponent of soccer tremendously random the Saga games I love most, you're still there, right? Yep. I didn't cut out. Okay. No. Um, the Saga games I love most don't set you back very far when you die. No. Like, I can't remember precisely, but... They also okay.
0: mostly let you save anywhere.
1: Yeah, like, that's a that's a big deal. It's like, if if I'm in, like, a rough spot, like, I'll just save. And like, or like, when you look at like Saga Frontier, most of the dungeons in that are like five screens. Yeah. But when, like, but the thing about Nocturne that makes it such an oftentimes obnoxious game, and like, I'm saying all this, acknowledging the game is very good. I like a lot about it, but I also think that over the years, its reputation has become overblown. And like this is like the thought process that I'm having while replaying. Yeah.
0: No. But... I, I just want to say I understand that, and right. this is because I kind of found out this reputation f- f- um, from when Shouma got my Tensei Four came out, and a bunch of Nocturne fans. Were Everyone was it. very upset that it. They said it wasn't as good as three. Right. And I played the heck out of that game, and had could not. Fathom what on earth they were talking about. How do you feel now, though? <laughs> uh, I still think uh, you and I were right for rules.
1: <laughs> the, the way I would describe it is like a lot of the complaints about three versus four are less mechanical. Like, usually people are slightly more willing to indulge the idea that the mechanically three has weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would say. <laughs> Oh yeah, like it's, it's, it, and you know, you gotta cut it some slack, it was the first of that style of Shin Megami tensei. they, the mainline series sat out the PS1 generation entirely. Uh, Like SMT2 is a Super Nintendo game, SMT3 is a PS2 game, like there's, there's a lot, and like it, the press turn system is what they've been building off of for years, there's a lot of reasons as to why it's mechanically kind of a... Questionable game. Uh, in general, the other thing about it that always feels overblown to me is that uh, fans of like Nocturne super fans tend to really love the the reason concept. I'm not sure how much of the story you're familiar
0: with. Not a ton. You,
1: okay? So you don't have law neutral chaos per se in. Nocturne. You have these reasons that each character, uh, that, like, represent each ending. Certain characters align with them, like the Law Hero and the Chaos Hero would in SMT 1 and 2. Uh, I forget what their name, because they're all Japanese names that probably mean something very specific, but they aren't translated because the way that they would be translated would make them long we will be nonsensical anyway, so... Uh, but let me see if I can look these up. So you have reasons instead of the law-neutral-chaos axis. And there's a lot of room in that, like, the, the reasons are named things like Shichima, Musubi, Yosuga. Uh, those are the three primary reasons. And then, of course, there's an ending where you reject all of them. That's essentially the neutral ending. Uh. But. Uh like, there's, there's a lot of room in that concept for these much more uh, thematically and philosophically in-depth examinations of what these mean to people. And then, but Nocturne doesn't actually have an idea of what to do with that. Mm. Uh, like, because basically, when you examine what the reasons actually are, they're basically the same thing. The uh, the things that they replace. They're basically law, law and chaos. Like there's they're slight variants. So you get like the reason of Shijima is supposed to be uh, per- world harmony, no passion, no self. It's just law. Like that is the the law hero reason in any given other Shin Megami Tensei. It's... It, Shijima is very similar to that. Or you get... Uh, uh, Musubi. With... I'm thinking of Yosuga. It's like, a lot of these... Uh, yeah, because you've got Yosuga, as the one I'm thinking of. Uh, is... It's basically, like, it's the social Darwinist chaos. Come on, come on. Like, it's everything... That like it's basically, but it's combined with like a specific form of band because it's like the the yosuga reason is basically, uh, I should be able to do whatever I want because I'm strong and beautiful oh, and like that kind of thing, and it's like oh that's just that's just the chaos philosophy. Yeah. The chaos philosophy is the might makes right. I can do whatever I want because you can't stop me, and like. There's room, like, the reason idea is interesting because it theoretically allows for the space to explore concepts that don't fit on the Law and Chaos axis. But Nocturne doesn't actually really do that. The reasons as they're presented within Nocturne are very much Law and Chaos chaos without the same one. The only one that really could be termed as like an unrelated one is actually kind of something that's brought up in 4 actually in the really bad ending uh because the reason of musubi is the like the solitude reason the isolation reason it's basically uh every person a world unto themselves and like that's interesting uh like, that, that is theoretically the idea that would make... Like, if all of them were like that, then reasons would be more
2: interesting to me. But
1: they aren't. Because uh, there's only three of them, and that's the only one that's like
2: that. Uh,
1: the reason of Musubi uh, is basically that everyone must be a world to themselves. And, uh, you know, that... You can kind of get a sense of that in like the destroy everything ending. Like, is it there's a certain amount of uh, nihil emotion in the concept of a total isona- isolationist universe? Uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, it's interesting. Like, I feel like the strongest asset that Nocturne actually has is its really striking action. And like the HD remake's really good for bringing that up. It's, it looks gorgeous in HD and it has really strong art. Yeah. And like that's having it portable is really nice. It's still an interesting game, it's still fun. But it's one of those things like if you've heard a lot of like a hardcore t fans talk about how it's the best one, maybe tamp your expectations back a bit or you yeah. might get. Yeah, it, it might not come off as well as it ought to, uh, but yeah, that's that's the way that I would look at it. It's it's been interesting to play it again, uh, but yeah, that's it. Also, just has some of my pet peeves, like when people finally started playing it in emulators and really like examining how the game conversation system works. It has maybe the worst one in the series <laughs> because I've, I've ranted about this before. As I recall, when people started experimenting with it, they found that whether a team negotiation would succeed or fail was essentially determined the second you started the negotiation. And your answers had basically no effect.
0: That's really annoying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like... but like, half the time they're really long! Like, you'll get like five or six interactions, and like, it's pretending that all of these have something to do, and it's just you're wasting my time. But yeah. Uh Merciful difficulty I think is a super good addition because again, the game is often really punishing. Like not necessarily hard. There are hard fights in it. Uh I like, you know, I, I'm used to SMT so like things like the Matador don't really do don't really take me off guard anymore. But like the Matador can be a tough fight. A lot of the a lot of the fights are quite tough, but like the bigger problem, quote unquote, the game has is that it's just really punishing. Is like you die and then it's just it's over. You like there's no like the the save points can be really far apart. There's no going. Uh, there's no restarting from the last battle or the room you died in. It's just it's the old school. Well, hope you like the main menu.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, like it's understandable that it's. It's a it's a frustrating game in a lot of places, uh, but it's it's good that it's finally available again now for spending like eighty dollars to get a disc-only copy in like two thousand six okay. because it just rapidly went out of print. It's impossible to find.
0: Thankfully, they did uh, a reprint at some point.
1: They did a couple of those actually, but it took a long time. Uh, do we want to discuss something that's very funny that happened uh, relating to another very expensive Shin Megami Tensei game that
0: Sure. Did you
1: hear about the digital devil socket then? No. So the PS3, uh, that was available for PS3 as a PS2 classic, but it kind of runs weird. It runs bad in a way that doesn't on PS2. And people were never quite sure why. And apparently it's to do with the PS3's internal PS2 emulation settings? Huh. Uh, which people worked out because someone worked out the, uh... debug button code to mess with those. Huh. So if you have Digital Devil Saga or any other PS2 on PS3 game... Uh, PS... yeah, PS2 on PS3 game. Like PS2 Classic. You can monkey around the emulation settings a bit if you know the... Uh, debug code for it and apparently to get Digital Devil Saga to run basically perfectly you just have to set it to uh, you have to monkey with that and like turn off some sort of adaptive desync thing that the emulator attempts to do huh. that just like tanks it in a lot of places. Well,
0: I'm going to have to do that then.
1: Yeah Digital Devil Saga is really interesting. Again I, I would say it's mechanically kind of a weak game but like it's a very different like it was a re- relatively more traditional ps2 rpg at the time which means that it's now like an rpg that you don't see very often anymore and it has a very different world and uh like gameplay concept than most smt's so like if you're if you've ever been interested like maybe grab that before the ps3 store finally disappears yeah. sometime in probably the next couple years uh but yeah, that's, uh, it was very interesting to me that people found that. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing some Nocturne. Uh, we'll see uh, where I am by next week. Uh, currently, I'm shooting for a final save file that can easily get to both the uh, neutral-slash-freedom ending in the True Demon ending. Which requires me to do all of the Labyrinth of Amala bonus then.
0: I don't know what that, that is, but it sounds unpleasant.
1: Uh, so when SMT, the only version we've never gotten a version of SMT3 that didn't have the Labyrinth of It came out, like, the, uh, first release of SMT3 was Japan only. That one had the, uh, Let's this. Uh, that one does not have like, so the the infamous meme uh, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series, that is not in the original SMT3 uh, original SMT3 does not have Dante, it does not have any of the fiend battles, any of the uh, candelabrums that you need to collect uh, those are all just not in Uh, Because they're associated with the Maniacs re-release, is the version that we got. Uh, That entire thing uh, was added in addition... The True Demon ending, which you get for completing it, was also added to the uh, re-release. The Labyrinth of Mala is basically just a really neat bonus dungeon you get for beating a bunch of really neat bonus bosses. Uh, uh, it's really hard it's really long uh, it's it's very mean uh, but the thing about it is you get the true demon ending by uh, finishing the Labyrinth of Amala before entering the final dungeon so you can kind of set yourself up to be a, a, open to two endings at the end of the game by getting through like of the Kalpas, I think there are five Kalpas, but you get through four of the Kalpas, and stop, and then you, uh, like, save right outside the final dungeon after you've chosen the ending you want to get. And if you've made that save, you have to play way le- replay way less of the game to get that second ending, because mm. it's just like, you can just do, finish the Labyrinth of Vala, or not. Be but yeah, it's it's yeah. That, that's the that's the place that I'm going for. I don't find any of the reasons philosophically compelling. Uh, so you know, not uh, not gonna be going with those endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, Nocturne. turn. Uh, as I alluded to. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast outside of RPGs I've been playing way too many Mega Man games <laughs> uh, what? Uh, what the, the doomerang saying this is a warrior game but it looks like it has nothing in common with warriors and it's like the combat is basically pulled from
0: warriors but other
1: but, well with a bunch of uh, persona stuff in it yeah Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it plays much. It feels like Persona.
0: Yeah, mechanically and like going through stages and stuff, it is nothing like a Warriors game at all.
1: Yeah, it's it's really like a Persona action RPG. Yeah,
0: it's really just the combat, and even not even that in some instances.
1: Yeah, and a lot of because you still have like press turns and all that, basically still got to be exploiting weaknesses especially for these bosses which are really hard uh, uh
0: yeah that's I, I hope a lot of people haven't like been turned away from this game because they they think it's that because i mean i i assume that's what it was initially and didn't really and it like yeah i'll play that it was fine and didn't really think of it much more than that until closer to its release it's like oh
1: the player that it was like more than that yeah it's- what other series would you play if it got the Warriors treatment? I don't, like, it, it would have to be more like this, where it's, like... Because, like, Vanilla Warriors games, like, I can take or leave them. Like, some of them I'll play, but, like, I don't typically play a lot of just a normal Warriors game. But, uh, like, you know, I, I've, I've certainly done so. Uh, but, you know, it has to have something else other than it's X franchise that Warriors played. I mean, if you made like Final Fantasy Warriors, like you would need to have a a stronger hook than that.
0: Yeah. Well not for me, but I could understand. I, yeah, that, that's just farce. I would play the hell out of vanilla Final Fantasy Warriors. You can
1: only play as Warrior of Light.
0: Okay, I would be less than serious for that. <laughs> uh kill chaos
3: did you ever play that
0: demo no I've not played it yet I need to, I need to get to that
1: That's because it goes away in like a
0: day does it Crap.
1: Let's see I
0: thought it was sometime in July
1: no I think it's like late June yeah stranger of paradise What's the demo so by Date. Down. Oh, apparently they extended the dates Okay. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, it's been pushed to July second. No wait, excuse me. Uh Demo will be available until June twenty-sixth. Feedback will be accepted until July 2nd. If that's how long you have until June 26 to feed it, and July 20, July 2nd to actually like offer feedback based on it.
2: But yeah. Um. So
1: yeah, you've got like uh, three days, two days,
0: really. Fred. But yeah. Uh, to get on that. <laughs> I'm about it.
1: Um, yeah, I can't think of any like franchise be immediately on the a, a Warriors treatment. Like it would have to be. I'd have to see like strikers where it's like, oh, you're doing something like this. Yeah. Uh, I Like I said, I've played a bunch of Mega Man games I just beat one of the most infamously bad ones.
0: you do Mega Man X Command Mission?
1: I will be doing Command Mission probably either after X7 X8. X, I just, for the record, just finished X6, having completed all the classic style, the original, like, series games, so... Uh, that's gonna be... something. Uh, Command Mission, from my recollection, I rented that once when it was new. And it was very technically accomplished, and it had perfectly passable mechanics, and it had about as much plot as a Mega Man X platform, just to say, almost none. Oh, lovely. And it, the mechanics were not good enough to paper. So that's going to take forever, that's like a 15, 20-hour RPG. Um, So yeah, um, it's not a hard RPG for what that's worth, it's just kind of a nothing game from what I remember. So that'll be fun. May not actually be fun. it's it'll happen someday. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm much more looking forward to playing Legends again. But kind of yeah. obvious.
0: Oh, well, that reminds me. I saw something weird, Legends based on Twitter, the other day. What's up? Uh, somebody is releasing releasing the soundtrack. On vinyl? As a vinyl, I'd imagine. Oh, no, not j- no vinyl. You know, that's I get that but it was vinyl and cassette.
1: Oh yeah, no, they've been doing cassette nostalgia
0: for a while. Oh, for the love of god.
1: The worst part about it is that they're never even the good kind of cassettes. Ugh. They're always just the Type 1 Ferric cassettes. Should I explain that, or does anyone care? Please explain. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, cassette drives like cuz that's improved a lot over the period of, of their relevance uh like when they first were uh released obviously they were not great uh but they you know they were they were on type what would later be called type one fever tape uh then over time like they had they had different tape formulations of like this different kinds of tape on and different tape, like the, the later the formulation, like the nicer it got, like you, they, it ended up on type 4, metal, like, it was just called It was just called metal. uh, uh oh yeah, Doomerang, uh, there's Doomerang mentions there's just too many Mega Man games, even for DX and Zero games. Here, I, I did a count, there's like 16, including things with names like. Wily Lights Rockboard, that's the paradise. Um, 60 released, essentially, in a 20-year span. Um, but yeah, like, there, there's ferric, uh, chrome, ferrochromium, and metal tapes. Uh, metal tapes were really nice, actually. They uh, increased sound quality, they reduced tape casts. Uh, They They sounded quite good, but, like, boutique cassette re-releases nowadays, they're always on type one ferret tape and modern set players are always kind of janky like because when you're dealing with an analog format it matter like it matters a lot more what's actually being played and what's being used to play it like that's that's the thing that I think kind of gets lost. like digital one of the advantages is for the most part to a digital source that's played by a, a compatible player is going to play pretty consistently. Like, the sound out might be different, but the digital source and player are going to generally agree on what that's going to sound like. Uh, analog's not like that. Analog formats don't do that. Oh, Rip. That got... you got real close there. Yep. Uh, fights real hard and real long. Um, but, um... Yeah, it's it's just one of those things, like... I don't... It's... I, I don't... I, I feel like... I would be much more enthused by the concept of, like, making, like, a boutique, uh like cassette tape, nostalgia market, if they were actually going to be as good as the kinds of cassette tapes you would probably be able to buy at the end of cassette tape. But we don't live in that, world. Nope. Uh, if you are interested in a better, more in-depth, uh, explanation about, uh, the uh, way that Cassette evolved over the course of its life. There's a uh, good YouTube uh, video by a YouTube channel called Techmoan that uh, I believe the video was called Cassette, better than you don't remember. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, generally got a good uh, sort of explanation of all of the uh, technology that went into making Cassette's tapes sound as good as they possibly but yeah so that's uh, that's the end of that game. yeah uh, Mega Man legends eventually i'll play that again that's an action rpg it's really good uh, i'm excited to play that game. everything else eh, whatever uh I, i'm at x7 and that's like the most nothing game uh there's just a lot of like questionable ideas and it. like they're they're kind of they're trying with that one game uh, the, the game takes a shaky attempt into coming 3d by essentially being the crash bandicoot of Mega Man games in a lot of places which basically means uh, it's 3d in the sense that you're running forward instead of left right uh, it's kind of sluggish and boring, but, like, that's not even the problem. Like, the level kind of bad. Bossed weapons are useless. So the, the funniest thing about Mega Man X7 it, is that, that is a game where uh, you must complete the simple majority of the game to be able to play as Mega Man. Because, <laughs> uh, like, there's a... There are two ways to open Mega Man up as a playable character. Mega Man X, I should say. Uh, as a playable character in the game. You can rescue half of the Reploids in the game. So like a, rest, a Reploid rescuing mechanic. Or you can uh, defeat all eight Mavericks. Huh. And you have to do at least one of those things in order to be able to finish uh, in order to be able to play as yeah, to the fire. It. It's an Extraordinarily strange choice. I don't know. Meanwhile, Mega Man will keep appearing in cutscenes to be very upset about this series, predicated on uh, animal robots fighting each other, uh, not being able to find ways to resolve things outside of violence. So it's it's real dumb. It's real dumb.
0: Why must we fight?
1: Shut up. <laughs> But I did. You uh, did get to. Since I just finished X6, I did get one of my favorite bad
0: translations ever. What's that?
1: Uh, I'm not even sure. Well, uh, most of X6 is hardly translated. I'm not even sure if this is actually badly translated, but it is really funny. Which is uh, one of Sigma's lines if you're fighting him. Deal. Like one thing that I will give X6 because that's a, that's a game just a mile a mile and a half of bad road, but. Uh, one of the things I will give it is that, uh, one of the things, like, Sigma is revived by, like, the game's, the, the game's other villain, We like, put him back together, but he's, like, revived as, like, a weird, shambling, fucked-up zombie, and so, like, he keeps vacillating between his usual, like, Sigma talk and, like, sort of this weird, incoherent zombie babbling. And his most infamous line is, uh, if you're fighting with Zero, you'll shout, Die, Zero! Just die, Zello! <laughs> it's extremely strange, and it, I, I'm, like, the the entire game is horribly translated. I'm kind of internally debating whether that's an intentional, like, his brain is fried, so he's just fucking up the way to say Zero's name, or if he actually, or if it's a mistranslation. It, I would honestly be. Uh, but, like, all of his speech at that point is fucked up and he's kind of great.
2: Uh,
1: but yeah, uh, that's enough Mega Man, because uh, I'm not even talking about the RPGs now, frankly.
0: Oh, exactly uh, that always
1: that always ends real poorly for you. Wait, 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 wait
0: wait, 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 wait. wait, I have one, a single revival item. Good job. Anyway, continuing on. Do we have questions?
1: Uh, nothing new. It doesn't,
0: unless
1: someone that. Twitch chat wants to kindly provide some. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for that in case that uh, ends up happening. But for now, double check the RP game rules. Just for doesn't look like anything there. Let's see. Um. Yeah, not seeing anything new, so we'll drag out Fire miners Plus to play.
0: Right.
1: And I'll pull out someone that the gaijin probably wouldn't have much to say about. Uh <laughs> The next one is... I told some friends who were really into anti-monopoly, and they all told me to watch out for the Stadia. In will under the into Stadia, so everyone's life cycle might hint at them. Planning for the console to be a sacrificial plan, and some antitrust legislation comes knocking, who could just cut loose Stadia and say, look, we did something. We mm-hmm. be the same thing with Alphabet, setting up for the to be real profitable one we please. I mean, I would imagine that Google would be happy if Stadia hadn't, like, tanked immensely. But it is also, like, even outside that, it is definitely the thing they would cut loose if they thought that it would get uh, antitrust off their backs. Uh... I'm not sure that I think that they could reasonably get away with doing that, just because shareholders would be pissed, because, like, they underinvested in it, relatively speaking, but they still spent a shit ton of money. Yeah. Uh... But, like, I think the the broader thing would be, in terms of Anti-Monopoly, I would more expect them to... Uh... If they do get hit with antitrust, to point out that they're, like other monopolies were not used in that circumstance to protect, to, like, impose an unfair uh, anti-competitive practice in another space, which is usually what gets uh, anti-monopoly stuff. That's what brought up, uh, like, to, to bring up, uh, like, an actual specific case. Um, Microsoft, in the 90s, when they were hit with an antitrust suit, it was not because Windows was so dominant, that's not typically how that works. Uh, They were hit with an antitrust suit because they were using the fact that that Windows was so dominant to make Internet Explorer the Hmm. de facto uh, browser. Which worked.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely worked.
1: That's the other thing. Like, the anti-monopoly didn't do anything in that sense. They got what they wanted. I think they paid some money, but probably not as much as they made just from that monopolistic practice. Yeah. But, like, that's why they were hit with the antitrust suit. And, like, that's honestly probably the more likely thing Google would do is point out that, like, their monopoly, essentially, in other areas did not cause them to uh, have a... Uh, was not used to gain undue competitive advantage in this new market that they were trying to put into. Oh, nice job. You win.
0: <laughs> Wrong theme. Oh, I wish I could sing it like Barrett. Oh man, that was
1: so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, Google, of course, probably all, all, always has, like, lawyers formulating no. a bazillion defenses for a lot of a heinous things that they do. Uh, as most any major con- corporations doing it at any given time, but... Uh, that would be my personal read on what they'd probably do to the yeah. Uh, uh, relating to that. Uh, this one's... another one that you and me can probably say something about. Uh... Let's see. Uh, but the gaijin would probably have no opinion on Uh, do you think one of the reasons people are sick of open worlds is because we saw it released so many games? Uh have they spread out the releases of Assassin's Creed Park, Cry Watch Dogs, and the divisions, the division's a different kind of game. Yeah, that's uh,
0: the but it's not a the, the, the
1: world. Yeah, that's that's a destiny clone, but like the, the point stands, I think. Uh, over a period of uh like twice as long would that negative response be less? Uh I think it definitely poisoned the well a lot. Like part of the reason people get really uh, up in arms about, like, not wanting X, Y, or Z game to be open-world, it's because Ubisoft, like, there's a reason that one of the things with Ubisoft is Ubisoft Towers. Yep. Like, that is an infamous open-world concept at this point, that, like, originated in Assassin's Creed, and just... It became the, the default mode, especially in Ubisoft like you climb you you climb a tower so that you get an idea of the lay of the land from birds eye view and then uh like that is used to uh you know give, to give you context for the world and you know that's how you enter a new area you climb some Ubisoft soft towers so you have an idea of how it's laid out because that's how you get the main and I don't remember when or if all of their franchises abandoned doing that, partly because the mechanic became so infamous. <laughs> but like the thing about it is that
0: Was that? was that? Uh, was that? Uh, mechanic ever in an infamous
1: game? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> uh, except that the way infamous did it in infamous one, at least, it was like uh, they were like mini dungeons. You had to every time you went to a new area, uh, you would go into the sewers to reactivate a generator, Hmm. which fit with your electricity powers. And you were really like in that case, it was really exciting because whenever you did one, you one you had like sort of a mini little like dungeon to do, and two you got a new power when you finish. And so like those were exciting. That's true. And the problem with the Ubisoft Tower is that they just reveal all of the work you still have to do. Like, they don't give you anything themselves. Yeah. When you do, like... Like, to look at another game that does use towers... uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Like, that game is built around tower to tower. Like, it's not the only, like... Going into a tower lets you get a better idea of the land, and it gives you—I think it gives you a warp point, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, and but, like that's super useful by itself, just having the warp. Point. Yeah. But they
0: aren't on the map.
1: Yeah, and you can just see them.
0: There also aren't a million of them.
1: Yeah, they're
0: like—they're all like—they all, like, all feel each important. of them feels special, right?
1: And, like, that's the thing that I, I guess I would bring up as to, like... I, I do think that Fireminer's point is correct. The amount of Ubisoft games that use this formula made people weary of the concept of the open-world game. But the thing I would say is that it's like playing... The way I would describe it is it's like being weary of the 2D platformer back when those... Back on the Super Nintendo in general. Where it's a case of... They, they were everywhere, but the mechanic is not the problem, and the design structure is not the problem. The problem is the strictly formula approach to making.
2: Yeah.
1: And like Ubisoft itself has actually gotten better about that. Like the, the modern Assassin's Creed don't emphasize the towers as much and they like kind of spread themselves out in a different way that's more interesting. Like yeah. they they've gotten better about
0: this. And uh um, but uh whatchamacallit, immortals used something more akin to the Breath of the Wild approach.
1: Yeah. Uh which was definitely like reasons. that was <laughs> Yeah, they were definitely inspired by that.
0: Like the game itself felt unique or not, like when' to that was definitely the inspiration. But... And, and the other open world game they used at the same time, or they released in the same time period, uh, Watch Dogs. I don't think has anything like that at all.
1: And then Assassin's Creed Valhalla still technically has like points of interest, I guess, but they're not they're not used the same.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, like that's just kind of the thing. Like people get uh-huh. like the market gets sick of things like people because the market represents just sort of like people in general like once something gets overexposed it's like well please just anything that's not doing this but like open world is one of those things where i think it's like it's it's an entire design philosophy but like there's also just there's a lot of reasons that developers want to do open world because it just it creates inherently more reusable assets hmm. Like, you drag someone back and forth through the same area over and over. That means that's much easier, cheaper, easier is not quite the right word, but it's much cheaper than making a bunch of bespoke areas. And, like, specific areas. And, like, that's that's a core concern. Like, cheaper also always means less time-consuming, and on a publisher's balance sheet, less time-consuming is always something they're looking
2: for. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so, it's not really, like, it's not, like, one, if you're going to blame anyone, usually you, you should blame publishers, not developers, because I mean, yeah. seriously, publishers are the ones pulling the first strings. Uh, but more beyond that, it's just a case of, it, the the thing that makes me bristle is that open world design is a really different and unique form of design from bespoke level to level progression has a lot of potential. And to turn away from that, like, feels really uh, baby with the bathwater.
0: Right. I mean, I I could certainly understand being oversaturated with open world games, but even I, who stuck my nose out, out at them for a while, definitely would not want to see, like, definitely would not like like to see a ton less of them because there's there's a lot of potential there
2: that's definitely untapped
0: so just don't overdo it
2: yeah
1: pretty much yeah but that's true of everything and also it's something they never listen to anyway have you noticed that activision has reassigned literally every team they have to call of duty yep incredible Don't worry, though, Bobby Kotick got like a $155 million. Disgusting. It's such a good job firing all those people.
0: I've never hated a Um, company so much that contains so many developers that I love.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It sucks. It's going to be much easier to not buy Activision.
0: Uh, Maybe for you, not for me.
1: I don't like all of Duty games, so... so
0: <laughs> as long as they own Blizzard, I'm screwed.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't like Blizzard games, so...
0: Yeah, that's what
3: it looks like to me. Everyone who got a desire disappeared afterward.
0: Listen, if, they yeah, give me, if they give I me think, a Crash uh, 5, maybe that will, you know, repair some bridges.
1: That's probably not happening, because Toys mm. for Bob just got reassigned to...
0: Oh, come on!
1: Call of Duty. When I said literally every <laughs> studio,
0: I was not joking. That is what happened. Oh, God. I, I hate Call of Duty so much.
1: Don't worry, though. I just it's looked so it up. Boring. He was just given a pay package of $155 million. Fuck that guy. Doing, um, what? doing what? Uh, doing what? Making anything? a lot of money and firing a lot of people. Um, yes. you're right. Let's see. Uh, let's. See. What is it, um, but let's move on because to this, to just, this to discussion me just angries off the blood. Um. Would you buy the first release of a game if you know they will soon release a complete yeah, edition? A why buy Fallout at launch and the suffer the bugs not. instead of waiting for the version with all the patches and DLC? Well, first of all, uh, it's gonna be buggy no matter what because that does the game. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just gonna put that out there. It's, it's still gonna have all the bugs. Uh,. But the other thing, and I think something that people uh, uh, underestimate as to why people buy games early, is people like the sense of community of everyone playing something for the first time all at once. Yeah, that is why there is such a like first day thing. Like why so many people will buy something right as it comes out because it's like. It's fun to have something to discuss. We're all playing the same game. We're all kind of discovering it at the same time. That's fun. That's an important part of the experience to a lot of people, myself included.
0: Yeah, I honestly deeply regret that I didn't stick with Persona Five when it first came out and get to experience that exact thing. As everyone is yeah, uh, playing it.
1: Yeah, like that that is an important part of the experience. Like you can bet me and Wheels will both be grabbing SMT five basically when it comes out. Yep. And both of us will probably, like, sideline a bunch of stuff we were already playing to try to experience that as quickly as possible. Like, that's just, I I think that that, like, I don't have regrets from doing that, uh, in the past. Uh, And, uh, Toomerang just taunted us by saying, if you die, Call of Duty Warriors will be waiting for you, that sounds
0: hellish. Oh god, you monster.
1: But yeah, uh but yeah, no, like I I will buy like I'm the one that's gonna keep buying those like initial releases because I like the experience of playing something with that like sense of community.. Yeah.
0: I, I think the other thing is a lot of in a lot of instances bugs can potentially be overstated. like there's been some mm-hmm. recent releases where people have complained. Endlessly about technical issues going up to and past release that I've played at release and have been very confused by the lack of issues I've seen. So, yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't know what people expect at launch sometimes. Like, you know. Like video this, games
1: just bug out sometimes. Yeah, it's, this, this, it's not. Especially when a bazillion people are all playing.
0: Yeah.
1: Fallout has no has less excuse though because Bethesda is very specifically oh, not yes. doing much to pass those. But yes. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, like, also a lot of the time, like the <laughs> DLC added to most complete editions is not terribly weird. compelling to just me. Just like, when people say, like, oh, i wanted, like, all this DLC, what is it? Costumes. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Uh, a quest that lasts two hours. Okay. <laughs> this game's already eight hours long. I don't want it to be any longer. Uh, but, yeah, like, that. that's typically, uh, like, the, the DLC that was compelling to me, I probably bought it when it came out. If I didn't, it probably wasn't that interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, Most games' DLC is typically not of much substance. Uh, On that note, how successful have Atlas been at convincing people to buy two different versions of the same persona? Well, I've done it a billion times, but I feel like I should point out that it's not a new practice for them. As we've already discussed, uh, Nocturne Maniacs says hi. Uh, I'd also point out that uh, I would bet you dollars to donuts that Shin Megami Tensei 4 Apocalypse did not start out as a sequel.
2: Mm.
1: I would be 100% willing to believe it was basically that when the project began, it was probably Shin Megami Tensei 4 Maniacs. And then they had enough ideas and enough changes that it morphed into Shin Megami Tensei 4 <laughs> 2. Uh, but yeah, like that's that's just like their big series. They do that. Devil Survivor Overclock, Devil Survivor Record Breaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I I don't begrudge it. It's just one of those things that happened. Like, they didn't. Like, I got the game that I I got the game I bought, and I got the game I wanted. Like, if they release another one, if the new content is compelling,
0: I'll buy it again. Yeah, I feel like.
1: I'm sort of reminded of... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off.
0: No, it's fine. I was just going to say, I mean, you make it sound like this nefarious thing, but I wish, honestly wish more companies would re really do a second release of their games with some nice updates. I could think of a lot of games like, that that would be nice for. Yeah, the, the I mean, way i don't, describe it... You don't have to buy the second version if you're satisfied with the first one.
1: Yeah. Or even if you're not satisfied with the first one, the yeah. second one probably won't fix it. But, uh, the, I feel like I, I get the same feeling as when I see people complain like, uh, X Company keeps re releasing their old games. Like, don't buy them! Yeah. It's like, X Company's charging too much for the old game. Don't buy it! <laughs> if you don't think that it's, if you think they're charging too much, don't buy it! Yeah. And I don't even mean that to be flippant. It's just like, I would much rather that there be more ways to
0: play a game than less yeah I totally agree if,
1: if is in the world, and like the if like say like say and, like, say Persona 5, like you're not feeling it like there's there's no reason to buy it like I, I this is this is gonna be a me thing I don't understand the idea that your experience was lesser or cheapened because they added more to it later yeah like. I'm reminded, like I'm reminded of the thing that I bring up this quote. It feels like every week, but it's a really useful one to think about how games are made. I'm reminded of the of Kawazu responding to that guy complaining on his Twitter, like, "Hey, like, why did you, why didn't you just release the finished version of uh, Why didn't you just release the finished version of Saga Scarlet Grace the first time instead of this time, and him just saying, this new one's not finished. Nothing's (laughs) finished. It's just done. (laughs) Like, I've never released a finished game. Like, games don't get finished. There's always more you could do. I appreciate there are developers that get the chance to add more, to say more, to do more. Yeah. And, like, that keeps happening with, like, indie games do this all the time, too. Like, how many different versions of Binding of Isaac are there now?
0: A kajillion? That's a
1: real question. Tell me, wheels.
0: Uh, three, I
1: think? I think you are undercounting by at least two.
0: Uh, I'm just thinking... Well, I was going to say I'm thinking the box copies, but that's not true. There's only going to be two of those. Yeah, you're, there's probably like four or five, at least.
1: Yeah, I'm checking now.
0: Which is insane, because the original version of that, it has... With a flash game. Well, not just that, just the original version <laughs> of that game is it has insane amounts of content.
1: Yep, and they keep adding more. Uh, but there was, like, Binding of Isaac, uh, Rebirth, and then Afterbirth, and then Afterbirth Plus, and then... Uh, the original had an expansion called Wrath of the Lamb, which I believe was also included in, it in some stage. And I think they just did, like, another expansion called Repentance, I think? But that's, like, kinda of just, like, the thing, like, games don't get finished, they just stop. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's, it's one of those things, like, I, I saw, uh, like, I understood this complaint, even if I don't agree with it, where people were like, I'll oh, just wait until all the FF7 remakes are out before playing any of them, and it's like, they're, they're still full games. Like, you can have your issues with the fact that they're, like, they're full games with as much or more content than the original had when it was new. Like, you can have your issues with the fact that they don't resolve the plot enough, but, like, they are, they do not feel like any less of a game. And if they were, like, if they crashed everything into one game, it would probably feel really weird and cut down. Oh, I love being named you. Yeah, uh, just not not to get accusatory, it's just like... This is how I, I think about this, is like... But uh, as for the initial question of how successful it has been, well, they keep doing it, which is the reason that I would assume that it's been successful for them. Like, part of the reason you do this is that the re-release doesn't have to sell as much as the original, although sometimes it does, and that's great. Right, but, like, as long as it sells... Well, it was way cheaper than making an, a completely new game. And it might have sold to people who already bought it, or it might have sold to people who never played the other game. That's good, too. Like, they're both customer bases that you're interested in catering to. If you make yeah. Save that one, because Gaijin might have something to say about
0: it. I
1: love Legend of Manor. This game is so relaxing. Here's one we might have opinions on. Would you like some kind of crossover between Sporanex's Japanese and Western franchises? And what is the craziest crossover you could think of? Like Kane and Lynch showing up in Demon Hearts? That sort of thing? No, I don't think, uh. I don't know that they still. No, wait, no, that was Night Austin. I hate that. Is that IO Interactor?
0: here is a crazy crossover. You know how yeah. they've they've done some weird Final Fantasy 14 raids, like in Near Automata.
1: Yeah, have
0: a uh, have a raid where you go into a tomb with Lorica. That sounds fun. Maybe of sounds fun. Well, it not fun to me or because or I don't like it.
2: Bro.
0: <laughs>
1: But it would at least be something that I think the FF 14 fans that I know would probably have a, get a kick out of, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah uh, Lynch was made by I.O. Interactive, so there's actually a very good chance that Fire doesn't actually. Get it they certainly took uh, IO certainly took Hitman with them when they left. Yeah. So that might uh, that one might actually be off the page. Um But as for the craziest crossover I've seen. Well, the easy joke and the one I always like to bring is Gex. But Gex is something someone.
0: It's pronounced Jex.
1: You know, it's He's about a, a dinosaur, dinosaur. Yes, yes. Thank you, Dana Gould. Um, to repeat the, the quick version of that joke for those who do not who have not until five or so other times that recounted it. Uh, when uh, Gex 1 or two first first came out, uh, the voice actor for Gex in the American version, Dana Gould, uh, attempted to purchase a copy at a uh, game store and asked for Gex the Gecko and the, he reports that the person at the store sighed, turned around and said, it's pronounced Gex and it's about a dime." to the voice actor of Gex.
0: Even though it says Gecko right around <laughs> the cover of the, game?
1: It's it, the, the first game? The first game does not say Gex the Gecko. It okay. just says Gex. The second and third, I'm convinced, are named Enter the Gecko and Deep Cover Gecko specifically to make it clear that Gex is a Gecko. But...
0: It wasn't clear for It just says
1: Gex. <laughs> uh, evidently not clear enough for this game, so... <laughs> uh. But yeah to pronounce Jackson it's about a dinosaur it's one of the most interesting things that anyone's ever said to anyone. but like I said Gex is kind of, has some degree of meme value so like people actually remember that so yeah. if I were to pull out uh, something that would be funny to me and no one else, I would um, like to battle Return the Man, ship.
0: all versions.
1: No that's not an idos franchise. Uh, I was going to actually say, uh, shoot down the ship from Total Eclipse in, uh, the Kingdom Hearts Gummy Ship sections. If you know what Total Eclipse is, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, I
1: think I uh, do. Why do you know what Total Eclipse is? Was that...
0: No, maybe I don't. Was that some kind of space shooter?
1: It was a space shooter. It was for the 3DO and PS1.
0: Yeah, I think I played that game. <laughs> See. Say what? So I think I played that game.
1: Yeah, it was a very early PS1 game. You didn't have a lot of choices. Um, the PS1 game, if you've never looked at it, uh, it's not very good. But I want—I urge everyone who can to go look at the box art, the back of the box for the PS1 version, Total Eclipse Turbo, which has just in giant letters, "The more you kill, the better you feel." Oh which is a truly incredible tagline to put on anything. It was meant to advertise the fact that the PS1 version had been altered
0: such that you had to shoot down enemy ships to restore your own health. Oh, I know why I played this. Why? Because there was a Sega Saturn version. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, the other one. I'm sorry. That's Solar Eclipse. Solar Eclipse.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solar Eclipse. Is that the one you played?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was. So I didn't play Total Eclipse. Are they related? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Solar Eclipse okay. is the
0: sequel. gotcha.
1: But yeah, like, put that in, or if I really want to get spicy, and or possibly acknowledging something perhaps too racist to bring back, uh, put in, put Akuji the Heartless into something. <laughs> See, he's already called the Heartless. He it writes itself.
0: How about a... D- those- oh, go ahead, sorry.
1: Uh, I was just gonna say, for those who don't know what a Fuji the Hearts was, it was a platform made in the Gex engine that was "quote unquote" for adults,
2: uh-huh.
1: and it was about a voodoo priest who has his heart ripped out, trying to save his pride. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's like one of those like you should maybe have thought through what you were making a game about,
0: or you actually needed
1: it. What were you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say, how about a Deus Ex, uh, near Automata crossover? Automata, Automata. How I can't pronounce things. Automata.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be cute. That would make more sense. Uh Yeah, like that. That make that would make some degree of sense, which is why I'm less interested in it. Uh, put Adam Jensen in idaki Street. Uh like all of the obscurities that Square technically owns at this stage end up being uh things that they've got by technically buying up Crystal Dynamics. Mm. Like that's all the stupidest things they own. Uh so those that's where a lot of my like knowledge clusters uh Who made Burn Cycle? I don't think Square Owns that, but I'd want them too. (laughs) Burn Cycle, I think that was a CDI game. So they probably don't have anything related to that. Yeah, yeah. Like basically all of the 3DO games of note were made by Crystal Dynamics or Electronic Arts. But uh, Burn Cycle was a CDI game, so it was not made by Crystal Dynamics. (laughs) Uh Oh man. But yeah, it's just just bring up just yeah, it's like slap those in there. Who gives a shit? Put a Cougie, the heartless and uh Kingdom Hearts 4. Um uh, ninety one. Is announcing a game too early and then delaying it a trick by developers to, by developers to boost investors rental and brighten up their financial Yes.
0: Not developers
2: though.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's the publisher. Yeah, like even even for for places like Square that are both a developer and a publisher, there are developers and then there are like marketing slash like executives who are essentially the publisher in this situation. But yes, it's it's for investors. It's like look at this thing that like it's going to be on the balance sheet for like five years because it's really it's a really expensive project. But, if we announce it, we'll get hype built up, and people will, like, it it, it will look good. It it will make sense why we are spending so much money making this. Like, you announce that way too early, and then, like, you know... And it it has its problems, it definitely has hurt. Like, the developers end up taking the brunt of the blow, because, like, they always get treated as incompetent for failing to deliver a game quickly. Even though, you know, that was never possible. Like Square Square is really guilty of doing this. Again, I would point to the Avengers game, which was announced the second deal to make an Avengers game at like <laughs> Ink Dry. I'm not even convinced the Ink was dry when they announced that. I but like that. no one remembers that announcement because it was just straight up like they just put a website up and says, We're making an Avengers game! But, like, that just happens constantly. Uh, like, Square does that a lot. FF7 Remake got hit with that. Uh, FF16 seems to have managed to avoid it? Question mark? We'll see. Depends upon how bad COVID's uh, slowed down its development. But... I mean, like, theoretically, that's supposed to come out in early 2022. That was probably started in, at the latest, 2017, probably 2016. Uh... But... Yeah, like, I mean, games take a long time, the earlier you announce, stuff. Like, you end up with people just being put in positions where they have to, like, grin and bear it while everyone says, Oh, these, these fools, they just don't know how to make a game. And it's just like, no, as it turns out, they just take a long time to make.
2: Yes, I
1: will again point out that there were nine years between the announcement and release of Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. That game was announced in 2012. Oh my god. And when they announced it, they admitted that there was no one working in it, essentially. <sighs> Oh wait, that game technically came out in late 2020, excuse me. We were merely eight and a half. Close enough. Yeah, it's one of those things like they, you know, it's one of those things like you say that to prove to investors this is where our money is going. This is a public this is a public piece of information that this incredibly expensive project will be huge when people want and people will want to play it. Let's see. Uh, where did the developers at Sunsoft in the 80s go? Many of them go on to do something of old. It's hard to tell, a lot of them are under pseudonyms, but... Uh, Sunsoft itself... Uh, took a huge bath on a real estate investment, as I recall. For some reason. Anyone else care about Sunsoft? Is it just me?
0: Uh, I care. I may blast a they made Blaster Master.
1: They did, in fact. Former Sunsoft producer René Boutin spoke on Sunsoft problems before he left the company. Boutin explained in an interview that, "...it's around this time our director of development suddenly announced he was leaving to work for you Interactive. active..." That was just the American side. Uh, a short time later, in February '95, the entire staff was called to a meeting where Sunsoft's president announced that the company was shutting down effective immediately. Uh, they kept on a skeleton crew of four or five people to have operations to facilitate transfer of IP over the Flame. Uh, it turned out Sun Corporation had lost millions on some golf course investment in Palm Springs because of our jobs. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's what happened to Sunsoft of America in the mid-90s. It's one of the most ridiculous ways that a company has ever disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for Sunsoft Japan, they were a weird company, uh... Actually, directed or made Blaster Master is kind of hard for me to tell, and, like, there was also... You get some weird things, like, Fester's Quest was made by the Blaster Master team, but, like, directed by an American team. Extraordinarily strange. Um... See, what are in the products of Blaster Master a game no one has ever finished it's way too hard uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's also it's a funny story about that game so <sighs> bought a fancy collector's edition of Blaster Master Zero One 1 and 2 from Lumina Run Games yeah before I had actually played Blaster Master Zero
2: uh huh
0: because I figured oh, I, I loved this game as a kid you know I'm going to love this too and, you know, I finally played it. Liked it very much. Did not love it!
1: <laughs> Rip. So. Then you made a bunch of money.
0: <laughs> no, I made a little bit of. I made not what I paid for it, but I made some money selling it. So.
1: Uh, but yeah, I'm looking up, like, other credits they have, and it seems like they mostly just stayed at Sunsoft. Like, I'm seeing the guy who directed Blaster Master at Sunsoft, as far as at least Blaster Master Enemy Below, which is like a late 90s game.
0: I vaguely remember that.
1: Yeah, that's the Game Boy one, I think. But yeah, uh, so that's one of them. The other one... Uh, oh yeah, I'd always heard tell that... Yeah, one of these guys ended up being a uh, big wheel at... Uh, Nipponichi, it looks like. Oh, executive producer on a ton of a projects here. I thought you were gonna say um, a Big
0: Wheel at the Cracker Factory.
1: I mean, what is that but a Cracker Factory? <laughs> uh, hey, like he, I, I like
0: their output. I
1: yeah, but know. I mean, it's like it's a very, it's a very consistent output, much like the Cracker Factory. It's true. Uh, it's very true. Except but, like, guy, he dates but... he, the the other co-director of Blaster Master is, like, Nipponichi as far back as Rhapsody, musical adventure. Huh. Uh, I'm seeing Koichi Kitazumi. Uh, let but yeah, he's been... Oh, this is a Bloomberg profile on him as part of Nipponichi Software. Chairman and founder of Nipponichi Software. Huh. So that's why he's executive producer on everything. <laughs> so yeah, one of the co-directors of Blaster
0: Master went off and became
1: uh, the co-founder of... One of the founders of Nipponichi Software.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, in, in case you were curious. Uh, there's some other, like... There's probably a few others, but I mean, like, the other thing about it is that a lot of people who were in game development in the Famicom era went off to do something that was more profitable and less stressful. <laughs> so, like, I don't fully know the history of the rest of uh, the, the Sunsoft people of the era. Suffice to say, only so of them. Uh, only, like, there's, like I could go looking up, like, the director of Euphoria, who was barely even there, uh, for that long. I mean, like, he's credited as, like, hyper-advisor on *Trip World and some shit. Uh... But, yeah, um... But I'm sure that someone somewhere is, uh... Someone somewhere is still around, thinking about how Atlantis No Nazo is their called. So uh, Sonato, what a meme game. Almost released in America as Super Pitfall 2.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what a mean game.
0: Wait, Super Pitfall?
1: Atlanta Sonato, but also Super Pitfall, yeah. Sunsoft developed the game with the intention of surpassing the enormous popularity of Super Mario Brothers and advertised the game with the slogan, "Ano Super Mario uh, Okoita which means, uh, the game that surpasses Super
0: Mario. Mm.
1: Uh, Which, uh, you could say it did so in terms of the number of levels. There are more levels in Planet and than Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) Yeah, a partially translated version titled Super Pitfall 2 was developed by Activision for North America. Uh, yeah, it's if you've never played it last also, it's a deeply hateful game. But desperate, like, just absolutely miserable play. play. Uh, not recommended.
2: Um...
1: This one I'll save, because Gaijin might look better. Gaijin question. 96. Here's one that we might have opinions on, but I don't know that Gaijin would. Which part of FF12's combat system do you think is aged the worst?
0: I don't like this question. Next question.
1: I'm gonna say the interface, it's a really muddle,
0: confusing interface. I disagree. I think the interface is much better than a lot of games that play like that. That's damning with faint, right? I don't think so. <laughs> like, okay, so so let's let's compare Final Fantasy twelve to something that plays similarly, like uh one of the dragon angels. immediate
1: games. thought would be like dragon angel right. And I would just say that those have the same base. It's not that FF12 is good.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, that's fine. Let's say, okay, I'm playing FF12. I want to use fire. Press no. X. You're presented with. Uh-huh. I'm not talking about that part. That Okay. What part I'm are talking you talking about? I'm talking about
1: like all of the lines and like weird like symbols on the screen to try to like parse out like who's targeting what and how. okay like all of that is very poorly defined by the game's tutorial and very hard to immediately parse
0: visually uh, i don't know if i agree that's fair
1: we don't have to agree. but i'm uh, um, but yeah, do you, do you have anything about its combat that you would consider to for them?
0: Uh, oh wait, I thought of one other thing. What's that?
1: Making you buy gambit. Uh, yeah. Thing.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I. Well. I know it's tough because I think. Um. Giving you like free access to all all the possibilities the gambits have to offer can kind of break the combat system open a little too early.
1: At the same time, like, you don't understand, like, at the very least, you should have more than they start. Yeah. Oh, the other thing, of course, being there needs to be a better, like, there needs to be a conditional statement for uh, if the enemy has something left to speak because there's no way to, there's no good way to automate Stephen. But yeah, like they're they're very like at the edges of things. Like FF12 is a game that I don't think is it bad, but it's just not my type of game for the most part. But like the, most of the things I think are wrong, the things that are kind of at the edges of where they're just kind of irritating rather than anything else. Like, it's not like some, they, like, screwed up something particularly weird. It's something that's
0: uh, this game is bomb. That being Legend of Mana. For anyone listening, and yeah. not watching. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone has any concerns of how Legend of Mana remastered turned out, the answer is good.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you have any other FF thoughts before we move on?
0: Um... Uh, I mean... The remaster, I think, fixed a lot of the issues I had with the initial release, so... I mean, I don't really have... a ton of major complaints about the game.
1: Still furious that there's no way to play the game with the original license for. That there's what? There is no way to play the game with the original license for uh, Like, it's not even an option. Um,
0: yeah, that is a little weird.
1: Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, do you feel, feel that Square Enix actually never making a pure action rpg slash beat up without adding some art? Do you feel it's weird? that Spire Enix never actually made a pure action beat-em-up game without adding some flavor of RPG or character progression. The bouncer could have been more tolerable without leveling up and point distribution. I'm not sure I agree with that, but it would have just been a bad beat-em-up rather than a bad and slow beat-em-up. Uh,
0: but I don't think that's weird at, because... Point at the game I'm playing right now, by chance. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Uh but the thing is, I don't feel that's weird because Square made RPGs its identity almost from the second that Final Fantasy was a hit. Yeah. Because, like, you look at their pre Final Fantasy games, and they're super, super into, like, th- there's all sorts of weird stuff in there. Because you get, like, King's Knight, which is just a really bad shooter. Or. Have you ever played King's Knight? Don't play King's Knight. Um, or you look at. Uh, like, uh, they did a lot of stuff. They, they did a lot of stuff, and it's all over the map. Then Final Fantasy is a hit, and, like, uh, suddenly that becomes their identity. They're the Final Fantasy company, and by extension, they're the RPG company. And so, eventually, like, it became part of their core, like, ethos of, like, if we're going to do another genre, there has to be RPG in it. And, like, I, I think it would be much weirder... If they weren't doing that, because like even like go back and look at something like Toe Number One, that is technically just a straight fighting game, except for its quest mode, which is like a weird dungeon crawler with bad fighting game mechanics. Truly incredible, that are absolutely bizarre. No idea why they did it, but like it was part of their. It was the identity that Square made for itself was the the thing that defines us is that we make RPGs. Um, you know, I, I think it would have been. Weird if they suddenly stopped doing that for any reason. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like since since these questions have been asked, uh, we've actually discussed the bouncer. But I will reiterate that game was originally going to be a much larger project, more akin to what Yakuza became, than uh, what it ultimately became. Time time uh, constraints make fools of us all. Uh, I assume you mostly agree? Yes. Okay. Uh, no uh, it's probably been long enough that we can discuss this and be reasonably even-handed about it. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 has always been destined to be a hyperdrive or anything, but after all the missteps that have happened, how less likely is it for CD Projekt to attack the people? They sold, like, 10 million units. It's gonna happen. Yeah. It's, it's, like, not enough of a problem that they'll ever, uh, that it would stop them at this stage. Uh Like, certainly there will be, before we ever see a sequel, there will be uh, Cyberpunk 2077 enhanced edition. Mm-hmm. They will use that as a relaunch to repair that game's reputation. Because they always do that. Like, not even... Even if the game was received well, there is always... CD Projekt puts out a blank enhanced edition that is a free upgrade for current owners, and a, uh, like...
0: A new retail a cute, package.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a new retail release to entice people who, like, have maybe heard about the game, but have taken the funds. Like, here's this nice new enhanced version that you can play. It'll be even better, uh, like, and that will probably go a long way to repairing a lot of what people, a lot of the reputation problems that Cyberpunk is accrued. By like, of course, this is of course long since, long after this question was asked, but Sony just put uh, Cyberpunk back on the PSN store, uh, which, yeah, it should tell you about how far they are on that. Although apparently the new store listing now says. Uh, recommends not to play it on a base PlayStation 4. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, the, the way I would describe like that that like, that was a debacle, but I always felt kind of miffed that Sony, like, took it off the store in, like, a desperate butt-covering attempt to ignore the fact that they were the ones that approved it. They knew what was in there. Yep. Like, you knew what was going to happen, and you did it anyway. You don't get to, like, be like, what did you do?! It's like, you put it out there. You knew what was in there. You knew how it ran.
2: Ugh.
1: But yeah, that's neither here nor there. It's just one of those things where it's like pulling it afterwards and acting confused as to, like, the idea of its contents. like, you knew, you knew what was in there.
2: Um, yeah.
1: A1, this one, I'm going to save for Gaijin in case he has opinions on it. I have my doubts, but he know better. Uh, this one is another one that, like, will probably be better off with Gaijin because it's about a more... Technically, Japan-only. It's been fan with it for decades, but... Uh, Yeah, uh, how much do you know about Bahamut Lagoon, whales? Uh,
0: I have played a ROM, that's about it.
1: And did you finish it? it is a real question, because no, part I of it is also asking about the plot, so I, I may not have to... I very
0: impressed, so I did not... Yeah, explain. I may...
1: Well, then maybe we can discuss this a little bit, I'll make a note to ask again with guys. And Uh, is Bahamut Lagoon's combat system or its story the cause making it Square's least popular Super Nintendo title? Uh, I would say that the least popular Super Nintendo titles are the ones that just can't be released in English, so we know not that, very little about them, like uh, Treasure of the Retroids. Uh, what were you going to say? That was it. Oh, just the, like, the least popular ones are just games you've never heard of. Yeah. But, I mean, among the games you've heard of, it's... Probably, like, I've definitely, like... Mad Bahamut Lagoon fans. Uh, there's def- definitely people that care about it and like it a lot. Uh, so I can't speak for that. But you didn't seem impressed by its gameplay, it sounds like. No, not really. What kind of game is that exactly? It's a strategy RPG, I
0: think, yeah. isn't it?
1: But, um, well, there's there's multiple Bahamut Lagoon questions here, so like, this is my like thank you promise to you uh Fire Miner that I will... I will spend some time going through Bahamut looking sometime before the end point. Oh. So that we can answer, I can answer these more
0: accurately. Let's see. Um, Mega Man. Hi, Mega Man. Says, Ratha says to go to bed. She would tell you herself, but she's apexing.
1: That sounds. well.
0: I've been yawning a lot on stream. But no! Yeah. I can't. I can't. We're not done yet. The job must be completed.
1: What's the job exactly?
0: Podcasting.
1: Okay, so you want to do one more question and then we call it quits?
0: Well, yeah, and then I'm probably
1: going to play something else on stream for at least half an hour. (laughs) Okay, well, we need to make that half an hour hour come faster, so. Okay, alright. Just. Um. This is a Sega Saturn game. It'll perk you up.
0: Okay. I need to just uh, run to the bathroom real quick. Okay. Maybe I talk to Mega Man don't... about Mega Man for a minute. <laughs> what? I, I don't
1: want them to oh, have okay. to deal with that. I, okay. I only have vitriol and weird confusion. Sure, no, we don't it have back. vitriol. There's a lot of one-top there. <laughs> I mean, anyone, anyone in chat, welcome to ask questions for the podcast. Do You are see her
2: epic gj I oh no, I can mm-hmm. mm-hmm. oh, no, do the, and the floor, down red So I'm
1: so confused. I more than me. I'm so confused
2: about what to do. Something went wrong.
1: What is Dragon Man? We just don't know. Much like birds. Uh, he's a little metal boy. He's basically Astro Boy, but lure. There's some other, there's some other constituent parts. But you know, he shoots gun. He shoots from his fingers slash gun, arm gun. It's unclear how many hands he has. Depends on the artist's depiction. Uh, he steals powers from people. Sometimes he's a computer program. Mega Man is a land of contract. It's not quite a mop, and it's not quite a puppet, so the answer is, I don't know. Uh, Who asked for a boy that has laser fingers with unknown number, hands, and his feet? Got it. Yeah, no, sure, why not. I mean I'm pretty sure that there's at least one box art where Mega Man is exactly that, so you know. As long as I can cite at least one box art where he is something horrible, I've legally indemnified from lying about Mega Man. I think he played soccer once. would lead me to the world like this. I actually can. Um, yeah, I'm about. Uh,
0: All right, I'm game's into this. Oh. Alright,
1: I'm back. I was just about to recount how many games I am
0: to horrible. Let's
1: see. Uh, about 25 games in this quest, I think. Jesus. 25 out of about 60 total games. Some of them don't really have any I'll play one game of Mega Man Soccer, I'll play one game of uh, Wily and Light's Rockport Death Paradise.
0: I loved Mega Man Soccer as a kid, but it's probably terrible.
1: It's a bad soccer game. Also, there's a programming bug, so you can never actually get the ending. Yes, it has an ending. What? In any case, uh, I was going to pull up this question because it mentioned a Sega Saturn game, I thought that might perk you up.
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: Recently, one of my friends told me about a Sega Saturn game called Terra Fantastica, and how this game's combat system is almost identical to a later DS game, Hero Saga Lava Team You guys, please check this Japanese press to see if there's any relationship between these two titles. We'll ask Gaijin about that anyway, but I wanted to ask you: Do you, did you ever play Terra Fantastica? I've heard that name.
0: I'm gonna have to look it up, because the name sounds familiar. I'm gonna guess no. But, but you
1: definitely were aware of it because it was a Sega Saturn.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that name sounds very familiar. Let me google it up right now and see what the hell it looks like.
1: Also spelt like Fanta uh like the Fanta and Tales of Fantasia and tales of a... Uh, and, uh, Fantasy Star. I seem to recall once hearing that it was actually briefly uh, announced, uh, it was briefly previewed in at least one magazine as uh, Fantasy Earth, which causes a um, huge, con- uh, a great deal of confusion.
0: <laughs> okay, this looks really familiar. I don't, uh, I don't think I know any too much about this at all, but... Uh... You know, I, I well, may I may be thinking of that. I may be remembering that DS game you were saying. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. But I mean, it looks like something I've seen footage of before, for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but I mean, that's that's what the Saturn was good for. Those those sorts of weird JRPGs, and that's.
1: Tell us all about Saturn OD. I
0: mean I've sold most of my Saturn games at this point and the only thing I have left it now are JRPGs. Five to be exact. Can you guess which five? Uh Dragon Force? Nope, I do not own Dragon Force. Hmm.
1: Uh, Gaijin might be able to join us for a few minutes, please. Sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, we should have Gaijin more properly next week, according to uh, straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but
1: yeah. Um... But, yeah. Uh, Two
0: of them have shining in the name.
1: Oh, shining in the darkness. Uh, What's that? I'll give you no, shining. No, I think it's shining the holy ark.
0: Yes, that's one.
1: Shining the holy ark. Uh, I think shining in the darkness was the Genesis game. Yes, it was. Uh, shining Force Three. Yep. Do we even remember shining the holy ark? I do. Even by Shining standards, that game's obscure.
0: I do not own Shining Wisdom because it's garbage.
1: That game's trash, and it's one of the ugliest fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah.
0: So,
3: are you really about to end without me?
1: Uh, it wasn't the intention, but Wheels is getting, also getting yeah. told to go to bed by the stream because he's yawning so much, so... Oh,
0: really?
2: Yeah.
1: Yes,
0: my sister, oh. who's busy playing Ranked Apex, sent somebody else into my stream to tell me to go to bed. <laughs> wow. Well, in any case, it's
3: test season next week, so I should be in earlier.
1: Yeah, we've been going down Fire Miners list and just getting things that you didn't seem, it didn't seem like you would have anything to say about. They were, like, mostly about Western RPGs. Yeah. Um, Good. So. But I was going to ask something... Uh, I just hit one that I thought was funny because I just wanted to ask Wheels if he had ever played uh, Terra Fantastica. But it was something that you might be more equipped to get an answer for, perhaps sometime in the next week. Uh,
3: I I never played that one, but Jooms did, and he had some very funny things to say about it.
1: <laughs> well, this one was very specifically, uh, this is 102. Recently, one of my friends talked to me about a Sega Saturn game called Terra Fantastica, and how the game's combat system is almost identical to a later DS game, Hero Saga Lavatine uh, Tactics. You guys, please check the Japanese press to see if there's any relationship between these two titles. And it seems like you would be the one most equipped to check Japanese resources to see whether there's a relation between these two things. I don't think that game came out in the U.S. Lavatine. Uh, oh, I don't remember seeing it. Hero Saga Lavatine Tactics. Yeah, came out
0: from Axis.
1: Oh man, uh, I'm no pretty sure I
3: I did actually report on it on Japanemonium.
1: Uh, okay, I must have missed that. I didn't keep track of what Axis was doing all the time. <laughs> let's see, I'm yeah. so checking that out, uh, let's see, is there any developer relations? Uh, Japan seems to have been part of the gung-ho media conglomerate, basically. That, that
3: uh, doesn't necessarily say much.
1: Yeah, because gung ho is gigantic, uh, so that might actually be something you'd have to find more info about, if I could find oh. it.
3: Okay, wiki media, uh, just double-checking the spelling there, lev.
1: Yeah, L-A-E-V-A-T-E-I-M. they named actually. after the
3: sword of Loki. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's mean, really a question of like whether Japanese resources
3: have more about who actually made it we are one of the Wait a minute. Wait a minute. yeah we are one of the primary resource um source our uh, references on the wikipedia for this game
1: that doesn't surprise <laughs> me there's not a lot to say about it um OB games does not have a credits list i'm not playing it just to get to that oh my god uh,
0: um, now i want to find a copy of this game
3: this is a game of time for god
0: <laughs> i could
3: probably find it for you probably um or, game oh that... in english in english it's a different thing
0: Probably a game um, that yeah. access forgot, to be honest.
1: Probably probably not a lot either way in terms of uh, money down. Yeah, um.
3: Amazingly, I, I can't find a Japanese wiki on this. Um,
1: Even they don't care.
3: I mean, on Wikipedia, there are. On Wikipedia, there's two um, articles for this game. One's in English, the other one is in Egyptian-Arabic. Huh.
2: <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> <extremely different.
3: laughs> but, but, yeah. Okay, but let's see, uh... Consumer game, I mean... Or even just yeah, the credits what without... It doesn't actually list anything from DS. Because, yeah, they didn't actually produce this game, they just published it.
1: Yeah. There's no state- like, the English-speaking world does not seem to know anything
0: about 3 Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, feel like we need to entire... buy an English version and actually open up the manual at this point.
1: Either that or like yeah. find some YouTube video of the credits. Yeah.
0: If that even Fresh. exists. <laughs>
1: I've, I saw some, like, like when I dropped it into YouTube, I saw some sort of Let's Play, so they might have reached... they might have rolled credits. Okay, I just search. you got Nintendo's main... page
3: okay. oh, wait a Nintendo's main page, Gung Ho's main page... Um, okay, this Amazon's like main page.
1: Uh, well, they got 23 parts in. Okay. Did this finish? Did this reach the end of the game? It looks like it might have. Uh,
3: Dengeki Online. Let's see, what's the earliest we've gotten here? So, November 7th,
0: 2008.
2: Uh,
3: so Gung Ho Works... Imaging... Oh, that's talking about the main opening song there. <laughs> Same thing... It reached the end of the game, and it just doesn't...
1: It didn't even roll credits in the English version,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this first article is all about the main opening theme.
0: Who made this game? So it's, it's cool. a mystery to everyone. <laughs> you can't tell. Even the people who publish it in English.
3: Okay, well let's see here. It says oh it says maker gung ho works.
1: Of some so, sort yeah. of internal gung ho team. Yeah. I guess the real question is like who like like I can't find any names attached to who actually like produced it. Like it's all just the like the company name. Like the develop like the name of anyone who was a key role in the project would help like connect these two things if they are indeed connected fall hmm. down a rabbit hole okay
3: um Okay so any Okay, so here we have uh, video footage of the first stage playthrough Mar um, um, Okay we have a reference to somebody named Murata, but it's also um, um, it also has an addendum that says that this is not the real name of the person. So it's like a leaked Were they video trying to hide. <laughs> So, um, yeah, at least some of the early footage on Dengeki was apparently leaked by someone calling himself Murata, and it's noted that that is not his real name.
1: Okay, then. (laughs) What a mysterious game. How do we
3: know Loki actually made this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll try to find more about this, because I'm dissatisfied, but I can't make guarantees at this stage. It sounds like there's very little information about who made this on English or Japanese internet.
2: Uh,
3: this is getting funny. I mean, yeah, mean again, weird. Um, the next update from Dengeki, it keeps referencing somebody named Murata with the kanji behind it saying, not um, not his real name. Every single time.
1: So weird, was this like a marketing thing that they did or what?
3: I am guessing so.
1: It must be, like you don't do that repeatedly. So weird
3: yeah i mean it's just uh right this tentative provisional engine yeah um yeah it's weird (sighs) okay here we go uh make any chosen okay Yeah, whoever this is... Okay, wait a minute, here we go. Promotion... And, okay, the head of promotions and marketing was a guy named Simejima. And And full name, is kind of hard.
1: Yeah, it's just... yeah.
3: But I mean, it keeps referencing Murata, fake name.
1: Yeah. It seems to be very little, like, if maybe... ...go looking up the Japanese version's credits to see if there's anything more in concrete there about who actually made it, This this might be a a bit of a research project.
3: Yeah, this is a... ...really... ...strange rabbit hole to be falling down on (laughs) today.
1: Yeah, then... ...some days you don't know what you're gonna be doing when you wake up.
3: (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> I tried going to the gung-ho works page for it from the Dengeki sites link and it says this website has not been opened yet
1: <laughs> well rip
3: no, the thing is I mean it does have a site listed through Google which is kind of weird
1: yeah, that's weird.
3: That's weird. Here we go. Let's try Waza. See if they have anything on this.
2: So,
3: okay. Hello? Yeah, I just got an, uh, like an antivirus update thing in the middle of this and suddenly it decided to restart my computer. Oh lovely. Oh. I'm just like frantically trying to stop this.
1: Godspeed.
3: I had an unsaved notepad file up that was getting in the way. Thank you unsaved notepad file for your
1: many services. <laughs>
3: Okay, let's see if it'll... if I can actually get it to take into to that what's up... what's up page at this time. Um... Oh, Gondol, let's see... Let's see... N'Geki... N'Geki... YouTube... play... this channel there, um... Okay, let's see. Find a Kokaku page. There we go. Hmm. Okay, I don't think there's anything actually useful on this. No, that's just the see, just the information leading up to it. Okay, well, so. Bad. Okay. here we are this is a cheat page well if you need any uh, game shark codes for this game I found them
1: finally I mean if I yeah. end up having to play it in order to find out what its credits are I may end up needing those
3: okay it's fine
2: Let's
3: see. Tution play.
2: No. Okay. You make
1: your creator so mysterious.
3: I'm just very tempted to just track this thing down in a store now and look it up.
1: It horror. can't be
3: more than my at the used store at this point.
1: Yeah, that doesn't seem like the sort of Here thing that would go. have like value too well. No.
3: Let's see... Maker, Gung-Ho Works... Um, brand... Okay, gung Works... Um, <laughs> no, this is just an ordering site. Lovely. Okay. Allaham Guitars. Okay, I'm curious. Why is there a guitar side here? Never mind, it's just a redirect. And no, I'm not paying seven, almost 8,000 yen for this. Uh, why? Oh, no, why would it be like... Uh... Special box with implanting artwork. Uh... Of course. Of course.
1: Character design was by... Uh... I'm, I'm trying to find anyone that looks on these games. It's like, I'm also looking for information on Terra Fantastica. It's not that useful if you don't have... Uh... Like, uh, I need information on who made both of these, essentially, and I'm just finding, like, some who was apparently the character designer for Terra Fantastica. does not seem to have been involved in this, uh, team
3: Yeah. Yeah, I am finding nothing that is not trying to sell me something.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a problem. That's gonna be difficult.
0: me, I'm, I'm gonna have to buy a copy of this game. Which
3: I one? I am to well, do that, yes. Uh, I not expecting to ever need to buy this game. Okay.
1: Yep, here we are.
2: <laughs>
1: Intro, okay. no, no. What? I, should, I should find the credits for either of these, or just find the multiple paints in the ass. Psycho Retro, production credits. Very Thank you Psycho Retro, maybe you can help me. So, uh, yeah, uh, Fireminer, if we can't find this, it won't be for life,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the simplest answer probably is that they're just in similar genres and some had similar ideas, but you never know, especially since I'm not sure exactly how different the two of them get.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going to dump like, Sega Retro has the Japanese press, to they are fantastic, yeah. Um, that uh, will be important data in case we ever actually run into the credits for Leva mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Were there any other questions?
1: Uh, there were a number that I skipped over because you would be the only one who had uh, information on some of them. Uh, let's pull one up. Recently reminded that okay. the Rock. The Rockman games have subtitles, like Mega Man 2 as Rockman 2, Mr. Dr. Wily. What other Japanese games lose their subtitles from coming to the U.S.?
3: Dragon Quest.
1: No, they they started having those now. I think they I might mean, be different, in, but in, they in are... Initially,
3: yes. And it, yeah, then...
1: initially they were Dragon War... ...and them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's the...
3: I mean, that's the most obvious example right there, just... Maybe they started adding them in later. Yeah. But, um...
1: Not sure how common this mm-hmm. actually is, though.
3: <laughs> okay. okay. Well, for Terra Fantastica, at least I can give you something here. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the head designer for it. Yeah. Was uh, or the game design? The, the I think it says Ryder here or something. He was better known for making tabletop RPGs. So. Hmm. So, um. Rose to Road was one of them. Ga- and he made game books. He made an Apple Tail. Oh, an Apple Tail. That's a new game. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Oddly enough, it does not mention Terra Fantasca. <laughs>
2: oh, odd. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Well, we can hope that Sega Retro isn't lying, but...
3: (laughs) No, I mean, I don't see why they would be here.
1: It would be a weird
3: claim to make up. (laughs) Let's look up somebody else here. Okay. Hmm? I can't find anything on this guy that makes Mm. any sense. Huh. Um magic card file. Okay. Mm, system scenario. Let's see here. Kita Joe. Okay. Um are Chinese stuff here. That is a character on Kamen Rider, probably not him. (laughs) Probably. You never know sometimes, but no. And most of these other hits are just hits on parts of his name. Yeah. Okay, program. Um, Let's try a different dude here. Okay, this guy has is listed as an author. And uh, MS DOS sound PPS... Okay. I'm, and I'm getting Ukiyo images. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of UkiOA. Oh. Huh. I do not know why I'm getting so much late 18th century art and woodcut artwork. It's really pretty, but I don't know why.
1: So yeah, this is a mysterious question that we're going to have to table for a while and try to find more information on. This require
3: what requires my actual we're looking research. At. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, the only thing I can really take away here is that it was definitely made, that Terra Fantastica was definitely made in-house by Sega. And that uh, Levitine was definitely made in-house by Gung-Ho.
1: So the only possible point of crossover, one of the individual people who...
3: Yes. Producer... Okay, so we've got Mr. Shimada, the producer. Okay, well this one's... Uh... Oh, okay, he worked on, uh, Dragon Force 2. Nice. nice. Yeah. And so, and everything else got references to Terra Fantastica. And, um... And a link to a tennis page that's pulling up his surname and his given name for two different people.
2: Oh,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, so yeah, I don't think we're ever going to be able to solve this to uh, anyone's satisfaction. Yeah,
1: there's just not enough information about either of these games. Yeah.
3: Except the Terra Fantastica was apparently very good. So, uh, yeah.
1: It's- Which might explain why it stood out that it that some similarity exists with this other game. Yeah. Well, I'll keep
3: looking, but I sadly, I can't promise anything. <laughs>
2: <sighs> yeah, we, pretty... just got,
3: we just got Toons' review on this, and <laughs> no logo in it. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh... Oh,
3: he doesn't even have any... Hey, okay, James, how did you write a review without any screenshots?
1: That is impressive.
3: Yeah... Especially since there are, there are screenshots here... inside. the side.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that managed to get through. I feel like we should probably end before we'll successfully
3: die. Yes, please. Uh, uh,
1: you're here in time to plug. Oh,
3: okay. So, yeah, so Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, available on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. I've hit a snag in publishing the fourth book. Oh, And that shame. Amazon we'll... has decided that it's it can't actually send me a, a proof copy. That seems like a problem. I'm not quite sure why.
1: Yeah, that seems mysterious.
3: Because the the standard is it could it be one of these reasons, window pop ups. None, none of the things apply to me. Huh. Except except very except very, very possibly if they have decided to for some reason completely ban all imports from America to Japan in the last two weeks.
1: That seems mysterious and unlikely.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I'm um, going on Amazon's help chat thing. Um, I had somebody come up with the, the miraculous revelation that, oh, wait a moment. This book is not actually listed as available on the site yet. I'm like, no, because that's how proof, proof copy is for. <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever had this issue. It's the fourth book in. I'll show you but the yeah, proof so copy anyway, from before. Hopefully the fourth book will be available by August. We can dream. We can dream. Um, I've got a got one of the side quests coming up on eBook in um, or next week actually. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's
3: because it was included in the third paperback collection, but I never actually put it on eBook.
1: Makes sense, makes sense.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Yes Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Currently nine nine main episodes and soon to be two side quests. And a very long pa- um, paralogue coming soon
0: for paperback. Ooh, do let me know when that's oh. out in paperback, so yeah. I can purchase. Oh, I will let you know. To be aware,
3: it's also a bit of a uh, bit of a doorstop. That's okay. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, the ser- the main series, is written out in episodes, so I'm I can usually just pe- like do three episodes and a side quest to a volume. And this is a paralogue, and it takes place within ent- one single week, and there's no good way to split it up. Huh. Oops. <laughs> Which is how, um, if, or when this is published, it will increase the total word count of the entire series by 50%. Well,
1: okay, that explains some things. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I have but, lots
0: yeah. of real time books. I'm used to drawing books.
1: And please uh, leave a kind review with uh, with the algorithm Uh, yes
3: Yes, oh I I did manage to get somebody to leave me another good review on the the one that was sitting just below 4.5 oh yeah so we're that one's back up to 4.5 average
1: good good. Um,
3: and I finally got the side quests actually showing on the, the actual series page nice yeah
1: Yeah, um, as for, uh, anything, uh, oh yeah, and of course, to to find Princess speed's parlor it can also be helpful to look for your author page, where you are writing as Michael Yarimizu, Y A R I N R Z Yes. Yes. Uh,
3: yes. Just because, main... hey, wouldn't you know it's, um, having a very, very generic name is hell on Google.
1: Hard uh... Hard to promote anything when you've got uh, five million other people with your name,
3: uh, And that's not even a joke on the number. But it's yeah. like the the complete opposite reason why most people would get a pen name. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it's like instead of like, okay, let's get a nice generic name because your name's too ethnic. We got to do the opposite.
1: It considered having a more interesting name. Uh, but in any case... Uh, let's see. As for man wheels, I don't have anything to plug, but uh, wheels will continue to suffer through Neptunia every Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, might not always be suffering, but there will be Neptunia every Sunday.
0: Uh, the so, anime is all hell.
1: Tune in at like eleven to twelve Eastern, eight to nine Pacific, ish Somewhere around I think. Uh, and I have nothing to plug, uh, except for the podcast itself. You can ask questions in the chat, during streams. We typically stream on Wednesday uh, around uh, 8 Pacific, 11-ish uh, Eastern. You may oftentimes about uh, half, half past the hour, but, you know, Usually we'll start streaming around then. Uh, you can uh, watch the stream then, or you can. Uh, there's also always plenty of other RP game streams, but watch ours too. Um, you can also yeah. uh, ask questions in the Discord in the podcast section. If you've never been to the Discord, why not start now? It's available by going to the community tab of RP Gamer's website. Or if you want to ask questions in the comment section, that's also acceptable too. I keep track of the questions for typically the last two or three episodes because Wheels can put these up at very strange times. So don't feel too concerned about that. Uh, I'm hating Wheels' dancing Fortnite character, so we need to stop this now. (laughs) Um, But yeah. um, In conclusion, uh, please uh, ask us questions. We love them. Thanks again to Fireminer for all these many questions that we answered this week. And uh, see you Space Cowboys.
2: But you think it's strange that there's a way of how you looked and how you act and how you think Pretend they're not the same as you Don't you think it's strange that there's a way of how you looked and how you act and how you think and Pretend.